Welcome new and old friends. My name is 242, and today, 2 got us some Glitch in the Matrix stories. These types of stories make you question whether you're in a simulation or if everything's real. If you're on YouTube, remember to like, subscribe, share, and comment to help the algorithm know others might like this channel as well. If you're on the podcast, share and leave a review if you're able to. Now, with all that being said, turn off your lights, make sure your doors and windows are locked. Things are about to get spooky. The Missing Phone That Led Me Here by Begins Agains. This is my glitch. On a Wednesday in August, I was outside at 7.30pm, watering our plants around the house. On my way out, I set my phone and drink on the patio table and made my rounds. When all the plants have been watered, I grabbed my phone and drink and sat in the patio chair. I opened my drink and grabbed my phone to browse, but it was dead. I had a small bit of panic over my dead phone that left me feeling guilty. It was too hot to stay out. I grabbed my phone and headed inside. As I bent over to turn off the fan, in my head I thought, why did I feel panic? This is stupid. I'm just going inside to get my charger to stare at my phone some more. Did the universe feel my struggle with my phone addiction and my mom guilt? I opened the sliding glass door and see my husband lie on the couch. He saw me holding my phone and my drink. I turned around and asked him if he wanted the drink as I had changed my mind. He said maybe and just put it in the fridge. I walked to the fridge, set the can on the shelf, grabbed a kombucha, and took a sip. When I turned around, I realized dinner needed to be put away. I walked to the bathroom right next to the kitchen, and I recall not having my phone. I did not set it down when washing my hands. I started organizing the fridge and putting food away when I thought I should put my phone on the charger so it's charging as I'm doing this. Then it happened. Wait, where is my phone? In my back pocket? No. Did I put it in the fridge? The search ensued. I looked in every area I had since entering the house ten minutes ago. I searched high and low, and when I asked my husband to help, his response was, Didn't you just have it? I said yes, and I wouldn't ask you if I wasn't completely dumbfounded. I'm good at sounds. If I had dropped it, I know what my phone sounds like hitting the ground and would have noticed that. We searched everywhere. The trash, recycling, fridge, freezer, cabinets, bathroom, living room. Could the baby have moved it? No, she's sleeping in her crib. I went out to water after she was put to bed. When I say everywhere, like every crevice outside and in and then some, I'm losing my mind. It was late, and I thought I'll keep looking tomorrow with fresh eyes. Come Thursday, throughout the day, I continued looking and organizing every inch of our house, and when my husband got home, he looked again and nothing. Friday, the same thing. I never left the house. It's now Saturday morning, and nothing. My phone has just vanished, and I have no idea. It was in my hand. I don't recall setting it down. Or it not being in my hand. I can't explain it. It just wasn't. 
Last night, when we were doing our kids' bedtime, my husband's face looked like he had seen a ghost. We couldn't make sense of where this not-cheap electronic could have gone. After finding the sub, I sat with the intention in my home saying I respect this item being taken away from me, and I will be ready to receive it when the time is right. I'll update you when and if it appears and where it shows up. Edit number one. I don't even care if my phone comes back. I just want my sanity. Edit two. Day six with no phone. I received a refurbished one yesterday. Today, I will do a very detailed search yet again. 15 day edit. No phone to be had. I gave up looking a long time ago. It frazzled into the occasional couch search, extra long stare into the fridge. I switched to a kind of request throughout the day, occasionally long statements. I feel like these things just happen now, and I am a victim. And as of recording this, that is the latest update. I guess she never did find her phone, and I will admit that's very bizarre to have a phone just poof. And of course it was dead, so it wasn't like she could just phone it. Truth be told, this one is one of my worst nightmares. I gently woke from my midday nap to my husband starting to spoon me. Panic struck when the front door opened, a hand shot over my mouth and I heard, Honey, I'm home. Experienced a Vortex by Believing is Seeing 81 Hello everyone, I'm new to the sub but I think I have experience that fits here. I would post in the paranormal sub, but I truly believe that it's a natural phenomenon. Therefore, thought it'd fit with this topic. I've had odd experiences ever since early childhood. I haven't really shared on here, and many sound flat out insane, and don't personally enjoy the rude backlash. However, I mostly visit odd subs anyways, and most of us weirdos are typically open-minded, kind, and respectful. Anyways. All I can say is that our reality isn't truly what it seems. Today, I'll share with you my Vortex experience. I was 18 at the time, and I was overall a good kid. Never drank until college and zero drugs. It was the summer before I started college and was still living at my parents' home. This experience happened in my bathroom after I got out of the shower. I was standing covered up with a towel on in front of the counter vanity mirror brushing my hair. Next thing I know, I heard this whooshing sound, followed by rapid wind as well as I felt dust. I looked above myself in the mirror, and I see what appears to be a miniature tornado whirling at a speed I can't explain. It was about two feet tall, maybe a foot across, the wildest part attached to the ceiling. It appeared like a grayish black. I was basically a deer in headlights then, as I kind of went in shock, as my mind was trying to figure out what the fuck that thing was. I stood back and just looked up at it. I could feel the wind slash breeze on my face and the particles of dust. 
I was a curious kid and had already experienced my share of weird, paranormal, etc. So I proceeded to reach my hand up to touch it. As quickly as I did that, my hand literally got slapped down and I heard this voice scream in my head, Don't do that. It was there for maybe around five seconds and then it was gone. I was left absolutely a loss regarding what had just happened, and I couldn't even piece together what had just happened. I wasn't scared, didn't really have any emotions, I was more in awe. I truly knew that it would have been very, very bad had I placed my hand in that thing. The voice that I heard, the slap that I had gotten had saved me. I believed it was either my higher self or maybe a helpful multidimensional being. I'm not religious, so I don't subscribe to guardian angels, but you could classify this as such. Who knows, maybe it was myself from another timeline helping myself. This happened in the summer of 2000. There's less about this topic back then than there is now. I've never experienced one since, but I'm grateful I did. I truly believe these things are some sort of natural phenomenon that our science can't explain or science won't explain. Or flat out science has been hidden or suppressing from us. In my heart, I believe that this vortex had been a portal or either a different time period, dimension, world, alternative reality. Think of the Bermuda Triangle, but much smaller scale. That would be the most basic example I can think of if you're trying to understand more what I believe this thing to be. Anyways, I'm likely to get ripped to shreds for sharing this as either a liar or delusional. Maybe I'm delusional, but I'm definitely not a liar. That is my honest experience. It will forever stay with me. And it has allowed me to continue to ask questions about what our reality actually is. I've never stopped asking questions, as well as seeking the truth, and all you folks should do the same. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any experiences or thoughts with this phenomenon personally, I'd love to hear your stories. Oh, again, I'll share the final details to assist. I was 18, female, no mental illness, zero drug-slash-alcohol at that age. Location was Madison, Wisconsin, United States. Was slash am very open to everything paranormal. Have always questioned our system slash our reality slash our world. The concept of the Matrix may not be as far off. Have always been sensitive. Leave it at that. My mother's voice echoed over the field, causing me to turn away from the figure in the corn for just a moment. When I turned back, the sunken-eyed, childlike figure was no longer alone, and as their giggles filled the air around me, I realized they had no intention of letting me return home. Dog Glitched by Affectionate Can 568 This happened a few years ago, but I still think about it to this day. I checked and I think it follows the rules, but apologies if not. 
So at the time of this event, I was 25 and stayed at my parents' house with my two dogs. I frequently stayed up fairly late and will just hang out with my dogs for a while before I go to sleep. One night, I was in bed with my lights off, door closed, petting and cuddling with my two dogs. The way my parents' house is set up, even in my bedroom with the door closed, I can tell when someone turns on the kitchen light as it illuminates beneath my door. On this night, I heard footsteps to the kitchen, saw the light turn on beneath my door, and checked the time. It was around 1am, and I remember thinking, hmm, mom is probably going to the kitchen for something. I then heard the microwave go on and assumed she must be heating up a glass of milk as she frequently does that when she can't sleep. I didn't think much of it, but I did check on the dogs to see if they had woken up and then proceeded to pet and snuggle both of them in bed. I do recall double-checking that they both were with me and that either one of them was startled by the microwave. I do have anxious dogs. I later saw the light go off from underneath the door and heard my mom walk upstairs. All the while, I was still in bed with my dogs. At least, that's what I thought and that's what I remember. I truly didn't think much of it. It wasn't weird for me to be up in the dark room with my dogs, and it wasn't strange for mom to go downstairs to eat up milk in the middle of the night. It just happened that I paid attention to the footsteps, the light, the microwave, and the time. The next morning, my mom is telling me about how she struggled to sleep last night and went to heat up some milk around 1am. I tell her I already knew that as I heard it all and was awake when it happened. She looked at me shocked as she proceeded to tell me that when she went down to the kitchen, she was surprised to see my dogs were down there. She claims they were excited to see her and they kept her company while she drank her glass of milk. She said that when she came upstairs, my door was closed, lights off, so she opened it, let the dogs in, and closed the door again. I told her that was impossible as I was with my dogs when I heard the microwave go off. I was even with them and I checked the time after the light went on. I never once saw her open the door, but she swears she had to let them into my room. I never got up, never opened my door, and I was paying my dogs. The rest of the story aligns, the time she went down there, the microwave, etc. But both of us claim to have been with my dogs during the whole experience. In the house, it was me, my dad, and my mom. My dad is a heavy sleeper who can literally sleep through anything and is usually in bed by 9pm. He claims to have been asleep the whole time and that he did not go down into the kitchen. Some people think I got the time wrong and that I must have forgotten I opened the door and didn't notice my dogs got out. However, I swear they were with me as they always sleep with me. I distinctly remember them being with me, distinctly remember checking on them when the lights in the microwave went off and distinctly remember petting them. I never once got up and I saw no need to get up and see who was in the kitchen as I was comfortable where I was. I always welcome other explanations, but to this day, it feels like my dogs glitched. You've been so busy lately, hon, so I decided to pick the kids up from school for you. There was a maniacal cackling just before the unknown number disconnected as I stood alone in the elementary school parking lot.
Shared Time Dilation While Driving in the Andirondacks by L. Lawit. So this happened when I was 16. I'm 18 now. I was on a hiking trip with my dad in mid-April. Skipping the fine details about the hike, we planned on Mercy but opt for White Peaks due to an unanticipated snow. We stayed at the Eldorodex Lodge, occasionally driving up to the town on Lake Place for food and some gear we needed. After the pretty grueling but incredible nine-hour hike and a good little rest, we decided we earned a steak dinner and went to Upstairs Grill. An okay spot, but we were so starving we'd eat each other if you weren't careful. For some environmental context, it's cold as fuck. 10 to 20 Fahrenheit degrees cold, or negative 12 to negative 6 Celsius. 10 to 11 p.m. There was an impenetrable clouds blocking 100% the natural light, a good foot of snow on the ground, and a few inches caked into the thick pine trees surrounding us from all sides pretty much everywhere. These factors combined with the utter lack of all artificial light made for a complete blackout. I mean, it was uncanny. I've never seen darkness so unimaginable, incomprehensibly dark. We did this thing a few times where we'd shut off the truck's engine, windows up, and then turn off our headlights. The second you did, you got an almost overwhelming, voluble fight-or-flight response. The same response you get when you hear something loud in an empty house plus the feeling of falling back in your chair. The only word for it was dread. Note, I'm not afraid of the dark, and my dad's a former Marine and active city cop. Half of his job is scraping limbs off the ground from car crashes, and here he was, afraid of the dark. We'd be there for a few seconds, just looking in awe at the sheer void outside the window-slash-windshield, before switching the headlights back on out of panic, disguised as nervous giggles. Note, I'm not claiming that this is what happened later as the work of some supernatural dark forces or anything. Just another eerie, unrelated thing that happened. As you can imagine, between the icy slash snowy roads, the windy forest roads, and the way you couldn't see 30 feet ahead with an LED high beams, we were driving very slow. After the well-deserved dinner, we drove back to the lodge. We didn't use a GPS since it was literally like three turns and we went back and forth five plus times. We were driving for a little while, no more than ten minutes, before I stopped the conversation. Note, while we were driving hella slow on the mountain roads, the town was well lit and the streets were well maintained, so we were out of there in no time. Yo, did we miss our turn? I think we should have gotten there by now. I don't think so. He pulled over so I could check my phone where we were. We were ten miles from where we were supposed to turn. A half hour car ride at the crawl we were doing. We made it all the way up to the Keen before we realized it. He checked his GPS. It was correct. Granted, we were pretty deep in the conversation. Missing a turn by a few minutes made sense. But again, we were over 30 minutes from the turn. This just didn't make sense for both of us. He was exhausted and had a few beers, but I was 100% lucid and alert. 
We just couldn't make sense of it or stop talking about it. How were we here? We're not supposed to be here. We can't be here. As you can imagine, the ride back was way longer. Ten times that of the way there. Obviously, we were more attentive about our surroundings. We passed buildings, bridges, and landmarks we both had zero recollection of. Over and over, we were turning it in our minds. Nothing odd ever happened since we went home the next day as planned. Except for the dear cryptid thing we both briefly saw way after in a different state. Wrong sub for that. You could say the combination between being spent and conversation, the darkness and everything looking the same made us zone out or something. But I don't think so. The sheer difference in time we both felt was simply too great to chalk it up to that. I know it's not as bonkers as some other stories, but this is the only place I could share. P.S. Our clocks seem accurate to everything else and at that time, according to our tech, has passed. As a punishment for coming home late, she dumped an entire jug of water onto me, and I thought, why does this water smell so bad? Then I heard the match. My car seatbelt did something impossible. By Anonymous. So in my early 20s, I had a 20-year-old Volvo 240. And in my country, you have to have your car officially inspected once a year to be allowed to continue driving it. And on a 20-year-old car, that sometimes required some work to get it in shape for the inspection. And on this car, the driver's seatbelt had become quite worn out. It retracted slowly. Sometimes you even had to yank it back so it wouldn't hang out of the door if I wasn't careful when closing the driver's side door. The webbing strap had become frayed, and you could say it had grown fur, which was obviously part of the reason that it's retracting slowly, because it made the webbing strap thicker. So I had it completely dismantled, lubed the retracting spring, and shade off the fur of the webbing strap with a razor. And after that, I put it all back in place. This was an old vulva, so it was very sturdy stuff. The bolt and the lock nut that secured the seatbelt to the floor, anchor point, took ages to fasten properly. So it worked better, but I wasn't quite satisfied. It could retract better, so I decided to exercise it a bit. My thought behind this was maybe if I pulled off the seatbelt and let it retract a few times, the lube will reach all the parts and spread more evenly on the retracting spring and it'll become much more effective. So I sat down to the passenger seat and sat sideways in it as I pulled out the seatbelt maybe 20 times before it got stuck. When I looked at how it got stuck, it took me a good 20 minutes to contemplate the fabric of reality. You see, the webbing strap that had gone through the pillar loop or the anchor loop down to the anchor point in the floor and that is the part of your strap over your shoulder was suddenly between the webbing strap that goes from the retractor up to the anchor loop and the pillar between the front and the back door, entering back from above, exiting front below. 
and excuse the pun, but the twist on the webbing strap had been twisted 360 degrees at the anchor point. So what else was there to do but to unscrew the heavy-looking nut and put the seatbelt like it was supposed to be and fasten the lock nut again, which I'm 100% certain I did the first time. Otherwise, it would have been completely impossible to pull it out freely and have it retract even once the way it did before it got stuck. Edit. Yes, I do study engineering, and I only have to complete my thesis to actually be an engineer, so excuse my technical language. But I made a drawing, so here it is. She woke up in a bathtub full of ice, feeling a sharp pain in her abdomen. She reached for her phone, only to see a text message that read, Thank you for your donation. We have transferred $10,000 to your account. I just found my sister's missing necklace. It's impossible that it would be here, though. By Scary Service 666. My sister moved multiple states away three years ago. Her husband gives her a very thoughtful jewelry piece every Mother's Day. There's always an extremely sentimental and is spoken to convey a specific sentiment or memory. Two years ago, he gave her a gold necklace with a heart carved inside with her family initials and a year of birth. The diamonds in the center where the heart meets a point because it's their daughter's birthstone. Since been given that gift, she's never left this state to visit home. She's also never been to my current house even before leaving. I also live pretty far from home and family hasn't made the visit. But I've lived here for seven years now and haven't moved or spent a long visit with my family. Just daytime drop-ins. My sister's necklace went missing sometime in spring last year. She thought it might have broken and fallen off while she was out and about and was very distressed about it because it was an expensive gift and felt horrible about it going missing. When we chatted about it, she actually told me she wasn't going to tell her husband about it until she searched everywhere possible. The entire house, the car, her workplace. She even called the store she shopped at regularly asking if it was found and turned in, but nothing. Just this week, I pulled out old clothes and shoes to donate. My son went through a growth spurt and I got wider and I figured it was time to clean house. I was pulling out all the shoes and purses at the bottom of my closet and there, in the very back of my closet, I found my sister's necklace. There is absolutely no way this could have ended up here. My sister hasn't come to visit and there's no way... It would have ended up in our state in my house without her having to mail it personally. And she's never mailed me anything besides sending gifts directly from the sellers that she's never actually personally touched. And it's not as though it's a similar looking piece or a mass produced item. This is a specifically card with their birth years and initials and their daughter's diamond birthstone. But it gets more strange. I immediately FaceTime her when I find it. I was already trying to figure out how on earth it would have come to be in my closet. I hadn't gone to her state yet. My son hasn't visited there. Our 
parents had, but they went before she gotten this gift. When she picked up and I showed her what I found, I was honestly bracing myself because I was sure she was going to be just as confused and have a million questions I couldn't answer. But when I showed her what I found, she set the phone down and put herself into full view and pulled her necklace out from under her blouse. She had her necklace. Not just that, but she had no recollection of losing it, no memory at all of talking to me about losing it, searching her house, or calling shops. In fact, she was sure she always had it in her jewelry box and thought I was being weird about finding the same one because it was likely a really common necklace. When I pointed out that it had the same initials and birth years carved into it, she just shrugged and said it was a coincidence and not at all strange. When I pressed it, she laughed and assumed I was pulling a prank of some kind, which is extremely out of my character. I'm not one to pull pranks, and asked if I had made it as some kind of joke. I'm at a total loss here. I feel like reality's all jumbled up and I'm the only one who knows it's off. I was so confused, so I called our mom and told her what happened. I told her the whole thing and asked if she recalled her losing the necklace. I was sure if she did, it would have come up in their calls as well. She didn't recall anything, but the way she acted in the call was even more strange. She says, Well, these things happen. Don't let it drive you crazy. Our family's just sensitive to these things, and then wouldn't elaborate on it, which is also very unlike her character. I want to explain something. I live alone with my son, and we've never had roommates, and we're many hours away from my mom's house. And she doesn't drive, so she's never been up here either. I never had romantic partners over, haven't dated in years. It's just been us here. My sister is across the country, 2,200 miles away. My mom hasn't been out there, and my sister hasn't left since she settled in their new place out there, so it's just impossible that anything of hers would end up here. I just cannot figure out how it would. If someone starts cursing on the phone, I immediately hang up on them. In just three short years, I'll be a retired 911 dispatcher. And with that, our time together is coming to an end. As always, I'd like to thank the writers who let me read their stories today. These were all fairly interesting. A necklace found in a house where she had never been in before, and then suddenly when it's found, it's not missing anymore. A phone that just poofed from existence. Maybe I'll show up with that necklace. But really, I'm quite surprised it never reappeared. Normally, the universe does like to spit out the things you are really looking for. Bunch of odd stories that make you think, but that's normal when it comes to these stories. Now, I do hope you enjoyed these stories as well, guys. If you know anyone who might like this podcast, please share it with them. Also, if you're able to, leave me a review. It helps a lot and shows people that they might like this podcast as well. If you'd like to help in other ways, I do have Patreon, and if you'd like to do a one-time donation, PayPal and buy me a coffee as well. Check out the show notes for all the links, including the ones to my socials and website. 
But as always, guys, thank you for listening. It always has and always will mean the world to me. Sleep tight and don't let 42 bite.